Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. Hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Today, we're discussing disaster recovery options, looking at on-premise versus cloud. I'm joined once again by my business partner and co-founder of Chrome Technologies, Mr. Rupert Mills. Good afternoon, Mr. Mills. Good afternoon, Mr. Major. Discussing uh, disaster recovery, just to clear up before we get into it and, and the pros and cons of uh, on-premise versus cloud, etc. Probably best just to clear up. There's a clear and obvious difference, but often mis mis mistake or mistaken or, or miscommunicated between disaster recovery and business continuity. Not an easy thing to sum up quickly, but if you could sum up quickly, <laughs> in your opinion, what is the difference, uh, the pertinent differences between disaster recovery and business continuity? Perfect, thanks. Um, so in an IT standpoint, uh, disaster recovery is, okay, how do we get the IT systems back? Business continuity is, what do you do with the rest of the business? So from my perspective, we can bring your servers back online, but where do the people sit? How are the telephone calls coming in, et cetera, et cetera? So business continuity is, okay, what keeps the business running? If you've got stuff shipping out of your warehouse, we can bring back the IT systems for the warehouse, but actually what makes sure that there's people there to ship it out, or even that there is still a warehouse there? So all the elements that are non-IT related that actually drive a large part of your business would be what I would encompass in business continuity. Obviously, we work with customers on both on both DR and business continuity planning, but to focus on disaster recovery, obviously topic for today, and looking at the pros and cons of kind of traditional, uh, when I think disaster recovery, just going back a few years, it was, you know, your production environment in one building, and then hot or cold standby equipment in another building. Obviously, nowadays, we've got the advantage uh, of being able to use cloud-based DR providers. Um, in your opinion, what are the benefits there, I guess, operationally and commercially? Operationally, I think that the environment isn't um, fixed at a certain size. So if you change your production environment, you don't necessarily have to change your disaster recovery environment because you can buy it on demand. So the idea of having a cloud-based DR strategy is one that we're leaning towards more and more because you have your whatever your combination of on-premise and cloud environments are today, and then how do you move that to have it somewhere else in the event of a disaster? Well, having an on-demand capacity available to you in the cloud allows you to build your DR environment to whatever scale it might need to be. And as you flex your production environment, you can flex it in the cloud as, as you need to. Um, in terms of the cost implications, that was the um, the other part of the question there, was that you can actually, assuming the cloud has availability at the time, then you can um, just burst into the cloud as and when you need it. So the idea being that traditionally in your older landscape, as you just talked about, if you have an on-premise infrastructure and you need to bring disaster recovery online, you need a second on-premise infrastructure, these days, a lot of people have migrated their production environment into the cloud. So the question is, what happens if you have that in, for example, a single region within your cloud provider and there's a problem there? Um, or you still have on-premise environment and what do you do to, to replicate that? And the idea is that potentially you can do that into a different cloud service or into a different region of the same cloud service and give yourself the ability to turn it on on demand. A clear cost saving over having you know, hot standby, cold standby, hardware sat there kind of just in case. Failing over to DR is obviously one thing, one consideration. And something to be given thought to, uh, certainly in my opinion, uh, I'm sure you agree, is failing back. 
and actually, you know, we, we have a disaster. We invoke DR. The business operates. You know, we can carry on. That's brilliant. Um, what thought and planning do we need to give? Because obviously, at some point, hopefully, production's back online. Often, hopefully, it's not out for too long. You know, we need to be back up operations as quickly as possible in our in our preferred production environment. But we need to fail back, and we need to make sure that we don't lose uh, the delta changes and so on whilst we're during that period of, of running in DR. Um, so I guess what planning, what thought do you need to give to ensure that you have successful failback? Uh, I guess the short answer to that question is what are you using to fail over? So, for example, both Azure and AWS being the top two cloud providers uh, will provide you with VMware inside Azure or VMware inside AWS these days. So you can use the various technologies within that to provide the failback as you as you need to if they're there. Um, that doesn't come without a cost. So there are other people that will go for a, a more native cloud-based DR strategy. So, for example, we've built it with Veeam for a number of clients, and that allows you to use some of the Veeam technologies to do the failback. Or there's a straightforward approach of replicating it yourself back to the previous environment. Also, if it's within a cloud environment and you've got two different cloud tenancies or two different cloud um, regions, you could potentially just leave it in the other one and carry on and not fail it back. Uh, there's, there's options available there. It's just a question of how best to do that. I think the key thing from my perspective is to make sure you plan it and test it. Um, so there isn't a one-size-fits-all. It's a what's the, cl- what's the customer doing to migrate their data or to move their data in the event of a disaster? And then taking the reverse of that approach, does that reverse does that approach reverse normally or do we have to come up with some other way of doing it and making sure it's tested? We're doing a test today actually for a client. So I, um, I know that we're doing that with AWS and Veeam today for one particular client. Okay, so how does this impact? Uh, if we look at a customer, um, many could utilize the cloud. So if you have production and then you have DR in the cloud, that works if you're a kind of singular site or a smaller business. What about a larger business that has the potential for being, you know, have high availability and that requirement for almost always on? Uh, where are the benefits there? Honestly, uh, there really aren't there benefits there that there would be in a cold standby scenario. So where you have a customer that needs high availability or always on or clustering, multi-zone availability, then really you don't get the cost benefits of the of the only purchasing it when you need it because that's the nature of high availability. You're buying it in two sites or more and you need it in two sites or more. But um, so from that perspective, I would suggest that really that comes back to the original discussion of what's right for the customer. Where do you cite that? You could build your high availability zone between a cloud and an on-premise environment. We're doing that for clients as we speak. Um, It could be between two different cloud providers uh, to give you redundancy between, for example, AWS and Azure. It could be between two different regional zones inside the same cloud provider or two different on-premise hardware environments. Really, that's a question of what's right for the client and how do you scale that and how do you how do you design that in the first place? Um, whereas the the benefits of the cold standby DR is, is the immediate, we don't pay for it until we need it. Most engagements we have will start with that requirements definition, you know, the shaping, the size, and the customer, understanding what the output needs to be, et cetera, et cetera, and just driving those right decisions. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So if a customer can make use or, or can utilize a DR system, which is almost uh, as they need it, it clearly frees up budget to be invested in other areas of IT. Yeah, I think what we're seeing in today's infrastructure environments is that 
security and securing your data, securing your environment is ever more important and ever more expensive with the number of different layers of products you need to put on there. So potentially there's a, a play there to look at, look, we can reduce the cost of your everyday compute infrastructure to give you the benefit of being able to redeploy some of that budget into a security landscape, for example. Um, or wherever else it may be needed. I mean, there are a number of organizations looking at cost savings off the back of COVID. There's challenges always. Organizations organizations are always being asked to do more with less. And this is one way of doing the same with less and enabling you to use that difference somewhere else. You mentioned Veeam, and obviously Veeam's a tool that we use to assist our customers to back up uh, and to invoke DR in the cloud. I'm not aware of them, but I'm not as finger on the pulse as you are, but the, the kind of hyperscale providers uh, that are offering this, they have similar tool sets that can help customers uh, invoke DR should they need to? Yeah, sure. So we, we mentioned Veeam and also VMware at the moment and uh, methods for doing this using what you'd traditionally have used to do your on-premise environment. Um, but um, AWS has AWS Cloud Endure, Azure has Azure Site Recovery. Those are both tools from the hyperscalers to enable this sort of process in the future. They're really sort of fast onboarding tools as well for them. They have their merits, but at the moment we are still using the more traditional tools um, that we mentioned earlier because there are limitations around the, the cloud service ones right now. For very small environments, we'd say they're fine um, or actually Conversely, for some of the very large environments, different variations and, and manual or not manual scripting, automated scripting um, is a um, is a is another option that you can do in building your own scripts. But in terms of having a, a set of tooling right now, um, we'd recommend sort of the traditional ones. But even though pointing them at a more modern cloud landscape, I was going to throw in my usual podcast. What gotchas do we need to consider? Uh, you know, when planning things like DR, but. You know, I've obviously worked on a lot of projects like this with you, looking at people's primary storage environments, backup, DR, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I know it comes, comes down to the same thing. It's proper planning, proper sizing, the right platform for the job, the right tool for the job. Uh, and obviously, that's a lot of what we do with our customers is that obviously baselining where they are today, you know, knowing where they want to be in the future and then pulling in the right tool sets and products and, and landscapes, et cetera, to get them there. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say involving people's wider business in the in the DR conversation. So many times this is looked at as, a, as an IT only problem. And it's not. It, it's down to the business to make a decision around, OK, if we need this application back in so much time or if we need it back to the data being to where it was last night or this morning or an hour ago. So your, your traditional disaster recovery Recovery time objectives, recovery point objectives, RTOs and RPOs. You can't talk about those enough with a customer to say, right, let's define what you actually want before we go down and pick a product and work out how we're going to do this so you can make sure you do something that's fit for purpose. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Well, thank you for your time today, Rupert. It's appreciated as always. No worries. And thank you for joining us on Chromecast. Take it out. Please do like, comment, share and subscribe. And... Leave comments if there's anything you'd like to see us discuss. It helps shape content for the show. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk. Spelt K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.